everybody. You're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 617, Swift Reactions. Podcast. I'm a slightly jet-lagged Frank, joined as always with Eddie. Eddie, how's it going? Yeah, things are going well. How jet-lagged can you be from a three-hour time zone difference? It's not the three-hour time zone difference. It's that you then get like stuck in an airport the whole day, and like you just literally waste the day not being able to actually do anything super productive, but also not being able to like sleep and be rested. So you're in like that like slightly agitated state that just can't be good for your nervous system. So you kind of like fry yourself out just like wasting the day traveling because it's like a three hour flight, a three hour layover, then a three hour flight. So it's, you know, it's a pain in the ass. Well, with all that free time, I kind of want to ask you this trend that's going around at the moment where girlfriends are asking their boyfriends how much they think about the Roman Empire. Which am I supposed is, to believe? No, this is that, this is some stupid clickbait shit. I don't, I don't believe this. I don't. I don't. I don't believe this at all. No, I mean, according to this, like ninety percent of men think about the Roman Empire on a consistent basis. Like it just doesn't make. And no, it's it's completely most, false. It's just something made up to like. I don't even know why it's made up. It's like one of those things when you look back and like, why is why is this lie out there? What is it? Like, what is the reason for it? But people are going along with it. I've witnessed people be asked, not on not on video. I've been, because now I've been in like a bar situation where everyone's been asked. And guys have said, oh, yeah, I think about it, I don't know, once or twice a week. Which, are we just supposed to believe that in this world of idiots in which we live, then a bunch of them are just amateur historians or what are they you know, thinking about? Are they thinking about like what went wrong? How that how they better would have ruled to further last the empire? Like I don't even get it. Or you're just being like, it'd be cool to live in that time. I'd yeah, like I, to be a gladiator. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I, I don't what are they thinking about? No, this is the thing that sometimes they have specific answers. A lot of people say like aqueducts and stuff, which is weird. I mean, if you're just thinking, you know, but okay. I, look, I think it's a in, lie. If you live in Europe, then I guess technically you could say you might wit, like come across some Roman, you know, like in Paris, I walk by, there's some, you know, remnants of Roman buildings and stuff that you could, so you could kind of say technically, I don't know, I notice those things from time to time and think about the Roman Empire sort of as a result. But the general idea, I just... I can't wrap my head around it. I get it. I do agree with you. There are definitely people doing it for sort of viral video purposes who are lying. Oh, I think about it every day. They know that it's are just also, a, but are also people now thinking about it because they've seen the trend on, on social media. So probably. now they are thinking about it because they saw the trend. <laughs> it's definitely making me think about how much I think about it. You know, there is that. <laughs> so does that count as you thinking about it? <laughs> that's, that's a very deep philosophical question. <laughs> You know, like I, and I tried to think of out of our friend groups, who do I think might consistently, we have one friend who I would say consistently thinks about the Roman empire, which would be Anton and anyone outside of Anton who says yes to the fact that they consistently think about the Roman empire, I would not believe. 
Yeah, I think I could maybe think of one more friend that might occasionally think of it, just because he's a he's a free flow thinker. <laughs> and because the I agree with you, I don't know what they're because sometimes you have those thoughts, you do have those moments. How would I have done? I don't know. You have to be like in a war. How would I do? You know, how would I have survived D Day? Would I? You know, how would I have done in the Vietnam War? I now those are not questions that I think of on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, but I could at least get someone saying, Oh yeah, like World War Two pops in my mind into my mind from time to time. But yeah. the the Roman Empire is just bizarre. I think the real question would be, is it all just from Gladiator? Well for you, I, yes. I, I honestly I would say ninety percent of the people I don't see what else they're thinking of besides the movie Gladiator? Like, are they really thinking about like the political dynamics of the Roman Maybe. Empire? No way. Maybe. There's no one thinking about that. No, I mean, yeah, I just like. I mean, it, I'm being honestly realistic. Like, I honest, I don't think what the average, let's say, 28 year old male out there is genuinely thinking about about the Roman Empire, except it to be some sort of like pop culture related whether it's like from a television show or a movie, it, that's kind of like they're into thinking about it. Like, I, I'm, like th- there's Probably no way not. people are sitting at home being like, man, those fucking aqueducts, what a great invention. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to think about that once a week. There's no way. Know. That's bullshit. It's also where the thing becomes strange. Where does your thinking about at least translate into some kind of activity? Like, how long are you going to just sit and think about aqueducts versus – Hey, I thought about aqueducts the other day, so I went down like a rabbit hole reading yeah. about them on the internet. Versus, no, I just sat in my room quietly thinking about aqueducts. Now, if you, you know, told like, me all these people are playing like the Civilization games, like Empire and stuff like that, and then that's why they're thinking about it, then maybe. But you're really yeah. not thinking about the Roman Empire. You're playing a video game that looks like the Roman Empire. That's a valid point, though. If there had been a video game out at the moment or a TV show, like if, I mean, Rome was a pretty big HBO TV show, if that had been on the air at the hey, moment. Hey, Gladiator 2 is coming out. Okay. That probably Maybe that's increases, why people are thinking about it. Probably increases it a little bit and you do see a little bit of coverage. And same, there have been some video games set in the Roman Empire that were big. I think Assassin's Creed maybe had one that was Roman Empire based. If that was at least a fresh game, again, I would understand it more. But yeah, there's not, there's no real reason aside from this question for the Roman Empire to be in the zeitgeist, and yet we are supposed to believe that they are just these sort of aspiring Roman Empire historians and intellectuals who are just you know wasting away the afternoon thinking about the empire and what went wrong and maybe who was the best emperor. Who I don't know. Yeah, I don't genuinely understand. Don't don't get what the the long thoughts could be but i just don't believe it i i saw i think it was the eagles maybe it was i can't remember which nfl team it was they went and asked all of most of them were at least honest and just said never but a couple of them did say occasionally and (laughs) the only nfl player who i would believe or or recent nfl player who i would believe andrew luck yeah andrew luck that's it gardner Minshew. he's just fucking out there he yeah, could be thinking pa- about aqueducts in his van <laughs> down by Fitzpatrick, the river. Fitzpatrick, I guess. You know, it's magic. Fitz- yep. Yeah, he's got the Harvard background, and he is a weirdo. So if you told me, and for all I know, he 
studied history. I don't know what his major was in in at Harvard, but yeah, yeah. Aside from that, I'm not genuinely believing that. I don't know. Trevor Lawrence is sitting in Jacksonville sometimes thinking about the Roman Empire. Well, I have an equally, I think, bullshit and dumb uh, little story that I read that I wanted to share with you. So this comes from a chief growth growth officer um, who is a managing director of different companies and hiring and things like that. And he has developed what he calls or he utilizes, I guess maybe he didn't develop it, but the coffee cup test for interviews. Now, have you heard of this, Eddie? This is one of the biggest BS things I've ever heard. No. So he explained that whenever he interviews candidates, he takes them for a walk to the kitchen to offer them a drink of whether it be water, coffee, a cup of tea, or a soft drink. Then we take it back, have our interview, and one thing I'm always looking for at the end of the interview is that the person doing the interview wants to take their empty cup back to the kitchen. You can develop skills, you can gain knowledge and gain experience, but it really does come down to that attitude. What I want to see is what's the lowest level task I could find, regardless of what you do inside the organization that was still super important. I, I maybe don't hate it as much as you do. I'm trying to put myself into the position of the interviewee and i think i think i can't imagine being interviewed and not not at least asking what do i do with this like a if it's a cup of water like a plastic cup or a paper cup or a can of something then i would just pick that up and put that in a garbage can somewhere a coffee or tea cup i think i a mug i think i would ask what should I do with this? At the same time, to try. Do you and draw want to such... work in a company that is trying to set you up with for like? You no, know I mean, but like, like they're putting you in a situation that you don't know about. You know what I mean? That's kind of also slightly unfair. Well, a lot of interviewers do that. I think to me, the only issue I would really have with that is that it's obviously a, a pretty high stress environment, and so I don't think you're necessarily seeing people's normal behavior. You're putting them into a you know, a plate or like a workspace they're not familiar with and then adding pressure to it. So do I think there could be someone who normally is super courteous and considerate who forgets to pick up a mug? Like if they haven't, imagine they finish their coffee and the interview then goes on for 20 minutes is and it's sitting on a table. Is there a possibility yeah. that they get up without remembering that that was their cup of coffee? I think it's a little, I can kind of get what they're trying to do, but it's not a perfect system. So you think it shows a lot of character of a person if after they're in a place and they've had a drink or something like that, they clean up after themselves. That's the type of person you want to hire. Clean up after themselves might be a little extreme, but but yeah, at least ask, like, you know, I think it, it's a sign of a certain, I'm a big hire based on personality person anyway. So, and I draw, I decide within probably the opening two or three minutes whether or not I think I could hire someone. That's it's why you why haven't it, hired anyone in 25 years. That's <laughs> why it drives me insane that particularly startups nowadays love these nine rounds of interviews. I don't get what you're trying to understand more that you haven't already gathered. And so I kind of like the little gimmick. I do kind of like it. Are you going to do I, it in your next Zoom interview? 
You're going to give them yeah. a virtual cup of coffee? <laughs> see what they do. Just leave the camera on for the next 30 minutes. I want to see what you do after the interview is over. I mean, hey, I love it. Zoom Zoom going, I don't know if you, Zoom employees now have to go back into the office, which I think is a great move from a company that's trying to <laughs> encourage people to have virtual meetings. That's awesome. Well, actually, I was going to say, Eddie, you know, you seem to appreciate the type of person or the personality that, you know, goes that little extra step, cleans up after themselves, sees what to do with the cup. Reminds me of someone I saw this weekend. Yeah, someone in this in the Kansas City Chiefs suites who was cleaning up after herself and others in the suite. Just just an all American girl. What a what a personality. Yeah, doesn't know that she's being recorded. Just does it out of the goodness of her heart. I think I think it's genuine. The Taylor Swift content drove me so insane. I love it. I'm here for it all day. Mostly because, well, two reasons. One, I enjoy Taylor Swift. But two, I know that you don't enjoy this. No, 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 no. Not that you don't enjoy Taylor Swift, that you don't enjoy the attention that someone like that would get from this. It just makes me even happier. I'm just rarely interested, as you know, in the celebrity attending a sporting event. It doesn't, it really doesn't interest me all that much. Cutting to celebrities in the crowd, I really don't care. And so then cutting to her basically anytime Travis Kelsey touched the ball and 15 times on top of that, I didn't need it. Um, it didn't make me more interested in the game. I know his shirt sales have increased by 400% this week. I, I just don't know what the baseline is of Travis Kelsey's. <laughs> probably pretty shirt. high. He's probably Are in the top though? 10. He's probably you top think? 10. But on, a, on an average week, do you think? Because this is the other thing I'm interested of. Because I think it's a 400% increase from compared with last week. Are there a lot of people buying NFL jerseys week two of the NFL season, week three? Like I, f- I usually feel like a jersey purchase is like a preseason. Yeah, maybe. New season coming. Let me get a new jersey. You hang on to it. Especially an NFL jersey where there's little change from one season to the other. You're probably hanging on to the jersey for a long period of time anyway. So... It feels like those are the kind of numbers you could fudge. I mean, four hundred num- still seems increased, right? But you know, you know what I mean. From week two to week three, it doesn't necessarily mean that much to me. But uh, yeah, it's just the only thing that interested me. I did think I did take a mild interest in terms of who she had decided to bring with her to watch the game. That was an interesting group of people to attend a football game, and I was a little bit interested in her interactions with his mother. It seemed pretty nice. (laughs) did seem pretty nice. You know my opinions on let's go as an expression. What about let's fucking go? The fact that she also yelled let's fucking go after he scored the touchdown. I loved it. Next to his mother. Maybe less of the all-American think I don't think the Kelsey mom is someone. I'm sure she actually probably appreciated that with two massive sons. I don't know. have you heard some of the stories they say on their podcast? <laughs> but they're quite polite, both of them. I I don't know. I didn't. I, I'm not a body language expert, but she certainly didn't look over. Encourage, you know. It wasn't a. I don't know. It's See, a, what I think is interesting is supposedly up to that point, she hadn't met Travis Kelsey face to face. That's kind of interesting to meet the mother of someone you're going to see without actually meeting that person first. Yeah, I mean, there's big conspiracy theories surrounding this relationship, right? That it's just... That her movie is coming out. <laughs> her movie, and then also 
um, the Kelsey podcast, huge boost for them. And then also the Jason Kelsey documentary that's coming out. So it kind of suits all parties involved to have this massive increase in attention and also not only increase in it. I mean, from Taylor Swift's Taylor Swift's perspective, I don't really know if you can increase the amount of attention she gets. Well, she's hitting probably a demographic that is probably the last untapped demographic in the United States. (laughs) And the same, obviously, for the Kelsey brothers. This is exposing them. You know, Travis Kelsey all of a sudden is going to have all these teenage girls looking into who Taylor Swift's latest boyfriend is, who otherwise probably were not paying attention to who the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs is. But yeah, I just... Hey, who knows? Maybe it's maybe it's the uh, the football player's turn to start tapping into the celebrity uh, girlfriends. I feel like there's Josh, plenty of those previously. I don't know. Not a lot of actors and actresses dating athletes. But recently you had Aaron Rodgers with yeah. uh, I mean, Aaron Lee and then Josh Aaron Allen. Rogers, Aaron Rodgers has had a few. Basically, not everyone actresses. Who, well, yeah, it's true. Yeah. No. He had he had uh, what's her name um, Mun. Oh yeah, that's as right. Well. So he has he just Aaron Rodgers had two. Yeah. Um, Josh I Allen mean, is dating Hallie Steinfeld. Yeah. Now, I mean, everyone Tom Brady has been with has been independently famous. And he the his first child was with that's with an actress, isn't it? I think Maybe. can't remember the. I think she's an actress. But anyway, uh, but. I just don't find it particularly interesting. I did. Do you think it's interesting that next week the Chiefs are away in New York City on Sunday Night Football? <laughs> I know. it's the, Again, the conspiracy theories, it really plays into it. And I kind of buy into them in this. You know, I'm not a conspiracy theory person, but I do. I, I mean, she has arguably the greatest PR team in, in the world. Like some of the stuff she's done is crazy. Like, uh, did you see how much more money she's going to make by independently contracting her movie directly to the theaters and not having like a production company do it. It's, it's like crazy how much more money she's going to make doing that. Yeah. I don't know. I think people praise her a little too much for the, I'm not saying her. I think her, I think she's put a good group around her. Yeah. I don't know. I think that everyone gives way too much credit to people for being business savvy for what in the end are pretty logical decisions. Once you've really, how come no one else has done it? I don't know if no one else has done it. I don't know how previously, uh, you know, Michael Jackson. I can tell handled, you they haven't. They did. I mean, they went through production companies. <laughs> I don't. You know, but it's is, and and also you really need a genuine industry expert to break down. Sometimes the raw numbers look really good, and then someone actually breaks it down and says, you know, actually when you crunch the numbers, this doesn't look quite as good as Taylor Swift isn't going to come out and say. I've made a horrible financial decision and this is losing me millions of dollars. So it's in her own interest to try and create this idea of her making, not only being a musical genius, but also a kind of business genius as well. But the only thing, the only part of it, I guess I did find a little bit interesting was the video of them walking, walking out together. And I thought that was terrible body language. Like a Travis Kelsey just looks really pissed that they're being filmed. Yeah, like he just side eyes the guy, which originally I thought, okay, he's probably a sort of nobody, not to be dismissive, but like a nobody reporter. So it makes sense that he's annoyed that this little bit of 
kind of footage is going to be shared with the world. But then did you see who the reporter actually is? John Madden. No, it's Walter Payton's <laughs> son. So, yeah. I don't even huh? know what that means. <laughs> Walter Payton, as in the NFL running. No, back. I know, I know. But what does that mean in the grand scheme? Of, is he an actual reporter? Or is he just some he's guy an actual that was rep- there? No, he's an actual reporter. But it also means that it wasn't an, he is someone who is familiar to pretty much everyone in the NFL. So it's not like a random nobody, you know, like the some guy from BuzzFeed who happened to have press credentials for the day who's filming you walking out. You know, that's someone who Travis Kelsey will have definitely met and who you then think the side-eye then looks even worse because I can get side-eyeing the nobody, but when you're side-eyeing someone who you definitely know who they are, it doesn't seem so good. I side-eye my friends all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, we don't have to speak about Taylor Swift. Hey, they then hopped into Camaro and went to Travis Kelsey, rented out an entire restaurant. I hate moves like that. Well, he just, had the whole team come. <laughs> I even, even so. Just what else would you do, Eddie? If you have a hundred people going to eat somewhere, you're gonna make a reservation for a hundred? What's yeah, the move? Sure. You know I'm a non-reservation <laughs> person. You just turn up and hope for the best. You turn up with a hundred? <laughs> yeah. Do you have forty-five tables, please? So then do we talk about this? NFL weekend, the actual football that was played. Okay, I got a good lead up into this. Okay. I don't know if you've seen, I hope you haven't, circulating on uh, like social medias was NFL teams records in their last 162 regular season games laid out like if it were the MLB standings. Did you see this? I did not know. Okay. So this would basically be 10 seasons worth of football. Okay. I'm going to go division by division. You tell me who is in first. So AFC East, that's the Pats, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Jets. I mean, it has to be the Patriots. Patriots. But Bills are only 16 games back. That's a whole season, though. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the Jets are 53 games back. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, a whole season back, though, is pretty, you know. All right, tough one. Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, Browns. That is tough because you have two good ones in there. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the Steelers just because of the consistency, never being under 500. That you know, Steelers are in first with 101 wins, just broke 100. Ravens eight games back. Okay. AFC South: Colts, Titans, Texans, Jags. Oh, that's kind of tough. I'm, I'm really tough. I'm edging towards the Colts, but then it's trying to figure out with like that the ten year period because they would have been that's still like Andrew Luck. You got it's Andrew like, Luck in there. You got a couple of years of Andrew Luck, but then they were terrible. And then the Titans have been okay. I'll say the Titans. It's the Colts. Shit. Titans only five and a half games back. The Colts would be 83 and 78, so just above 500. The Jags, worst record in the AFC, 50 and 112. AFC West, Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders. It has to be the Chiefs, right? Yeah, not even close. Yeah. 37 games of the Broncos. Who has the best record 
in the AFC in the last 10 years? Mm. I mean, I guess it's between the Patriots and the Chiefs. I'll say the Patriots. Chiefs. Shit. Seven point, uh, seven wins better. Okay, this is this is where it gets a little tough. Some of these are kind of tough. NFC East: Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, Giants. Okay, so we can dismiss Washington. I don't think even the Giants are really in contention. It's between the Eagles and the Cowboys. I think I'll give the edge. I think I'll give the edge to the Cowboys because for a 10-year period, I'd say they probably consistently had better seasons. Cowboys, one and a half games up on the Eagles. Super close. 95-67 versus 93-68. And a tie. Um, NFC North, Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. I mean, I guess it has to be the Packers. Packers, yep. 100-win season they would have. 10 games on the Vikings, though. Vikings, 90 wins. Not bad. Only five less than the Cowboys. Saints, Panthers, Falcons, Bucks. This is a tough one. I think I'll say the Saints because, again, I think over the 10-year span, just consistently been – they haven't had too many terrible seasons. Saints, yep. What's interesting, Bucks, worst record in the NFC South. <laughs> okay, so it's just the Brady era that gave them yeah. a bit of a boost. Yep. NFC West, Seahawks, Rams, Niners, Cards. This one's kind of tough. The Rams obviously had their very good period. The Seahawks, you're still getting onto the back end of the Legion of Boom. The Niners, pretty consistently good, but not that. They had a couple really bad seasons there, too, at the end of the Jim Harbaugh era. And the, so I think I can eliminate the Niners, I think. I'd go Seattle. Seattle, 102 wins, 18 and a half games up on the Rams. Niners, 81 and 81. Legit exact 500. Worst record in the NFC belongs to the Bears by one tie less than the Giants. (laughs) Okay. Giants is surprising. It is surprising, but I mean, actually, it's not super surprising because they have sucked this last 10 years pretty badly. Yeah, but still. Made the playoffs once. That was the first time they made the playoffs in, what, eight years? Last year? Yeah. I don't know. It still surprises me a little bit. I would have just thought there was some someone worse out there. Significantly worse, I mean. Yeah. And overall, the best record in the NFL in the last 10 years is the Chiefs. So maybe we start with the Chiefs. Yeah, Chiefs, pretty impressive performance. Um, Pretty complete. Or as nice, I guess, when you can just bench all of your starters before the end of the third quarter. That's a sign of... But it's just hard to read too much into it because, yes, they looked good. But I think they also are playing against probably the worst team in the NFL. Well, we're going to see if they're the worst team. Yeah. but Well, the thing is, I guess there's a chance that they might have to change who their quarterback is for that game because Justin Fields, obviously, I mean, he looked concussed when he had to be <laughs> dragged off by a teammate. So yeah, maybe that'll be an improvement for them. Yeah, I think it's hard to get worse than Justin Fields at the moment. But he stayed so, in the whole game. I know, which I don't understand. And I, I don't, don't ha- think he's in concussion protocol right now. Yeah, so he must never, not have gotten a concussion. 
Well, the Bears might just put him in concussion protocol. Yeah, be for their benefit. Yeah. What's crazy, what I actually, I was listening to someone today say, what's funny is that even when quarterbacks are bad, when you're down that much, at least you pick up garbage yards at the end. He still had 99 yards of total passing. I know, I know who you were listening awful. to. It's awful. Yeah. I did no. not realize it was that low at the end. Because I had looked at like the third quarter and he was at, I don't know, like 65 yards. And I thought, man, Justin Fields, he's just going to play the football. He knows how to play. Just go out there and, and do what he does, according to that's what he said his philosophy was this week. And it really definitely showed. <laughs> well, he did. Yeah. That's exactly he played what he right. did. Yeah. But no, I, I think it's a nice sort of win for the Chiefs, but yeah, it's not I don't think you can read too much into it because they are just for both them and I guess at the same time we can talk about the Dolphins and their near well, somewhat record setting, near record setting day. Both of them are just playing against terrible teams. I guess slightly more surprising just how bad the Broncos are but still an absolutely terrible team. And this will be my second and probably last rant for the podcast then. Americans need to be less sensitive about running up the score. I know it's a topic that we've previously covered, but this idea that at a certain moment in time, you just out of respect for your opponent, you stop scoring points. I know we've discussed it. I'm of the opinion I think it's the most disrespectful thing that you can do. It's just be like, I'm going to stop playing. Like this is this is over. There's so you mer- didn't like that he chose not to kick the field goal, but instead to just kneel it and give the yes. ball back to them. Yeah, I think he should have kicked the field goal. In especially under normal circumstances, I can maybe get it because you could make the argument of one of our players could get hurt. You never know. Like this is weird things happen, and but the fact that they, I'm sure they knew that they were two points shy of the record and that a field goal was going to put them over the edge. I'm sure word had trickled down to the sidelines over the course of that game. When you know that, break the record. Just go Uh, for it. See, I will disagree only with the fact of it kicking a field goal. I think maybe what was probably said when they were up like 40 points or something was, hey, we'll keep running our offense. Score. Like, don't hold back. Like if, if we're running the offense, you run full steam, you block full steam, like play like you're playing hundred percent. But if we make it to fourth down, we're not going to take three points. We're not going to kick a field goal. But we'll why? either punt or just give it because what's the point? There's I mean, no need to practice. You're still getting your kicker to kick meaningful NFL in game field goals. You get your whole team to work on that sequence. I mean, why not? We're I don't think there's late- a reason. Later in this conversation, we're going to get on to a record-setting scoreline in the Premier League with Newcastle beating Sheffield United 8-0 and having eight different scores, which is the record for the Premier League. At no point do I think no one is advocating that in, in England that Newcastle should have stopped scoring goals. Like there's, you just keep playing, and if the opponent can't stop you, you just do. It's To me, I'm just of the opinion that once you start to sense, and I've, I've been on the receiving end of feeling like an opponent has kind of shifted down gears on you. To me, that is the most insulting thing you can go through as a competitor and as an athlete. But that's what I'm saying is I don't think you're really shifting down gears if your offense is still playing as hard as it can. It's just saying 
us getting three points when we're up 50 isn't going to affect our score. So what's the point? You stopped us. Good job. (laughs) Why draw the line then? And why is fourth down where you draw the line? You know, like, why isn't it? Oh, it's third and long. Let's just punt. You know, like, why do you, why? Because you're going to play under the normal constraints. And then. I mean, the constraints that we've created as a tactic, you know, so I don't, I don't agree. To me, it's and it's, be not, like and it's in, not as if it was like in the third quarter. It was the last drive of the game. Sure. No, I, I give them. I give Mike McDaniel's and the Miami Dolphins huge credit for just they kept going. Again, I think there's a to me the the difference should be yeah if you're up fifty points and you're running trick plays then you're assholes. That's you know the showboating element that you could have. That's when you're dicks. When you're like, well, you know, the game's over, so let's just you know, fuck around in front of you for a while. That's disrespectful to your opponent. Running a legitimate play where it's like, hey, we took off for a 50-yard run because none of your guys can block or tackle. Like, is that really our fault? Like, what did you want us to do? Should he have run in, like, actively avoided the gap or fallen over one yard from the, you know, like, just intentionally fumbled it? Like, should he have punted it out of the end zone as he got close? Like, that bit, you know. So there are things you could do when you're up by a lot of points. Or, um, or winning in any sport that would annoy me if I started to feel like, to me, it's just, I don't want you to see you change the way you play in any regards. And I, I, But I think you're taking this a little out of context. There was 30 seconds left in the game. So they know if they just kneel on it, then the do- Broncos will get the next play and will just kneel on it and the game is over. Versus if they kick a field goal, then they have to kick a field goal, then they have to kick a kickoff, and then they have to kick, and then they have to kneel it. So you're looking at three points there, the three different plays. I mean, you're so looking at, at one point, additional. It's, it's literally you're one at, play. It's one additional play. Yeah. So you, but but then there's also the break for when you kick the field goal oh to God, when you have to on. kick. So it's an extra like five minutes. It's oh, a commercial that... break. If you had told me it was like four minutes left, and they kneeled on it, that's different. When it's no. one, when you know that there's literally one play, if you kneel on it. One play, game over. Okay, I'm fine with it. Versus getting an extra three points that doesn't matter for anyone. It sets a record. How else is that record ever? Who cares? I mean, you know how that gets broken? On third and 13, C. Brooks doesn't run for negative one yards to the Denver 27. He (laughs) runs into the fucking end zone and gets 77 points. 76. (laughs) Are are they going to kick the extra point or not? Maybe. Maybe go for two. (laughs) But no, this is, as I said, just America as a whole. It's just interesting, right? Because it's the America, such a like rah-rah macho culture overall. You know, like we like our men to be men when it comes to sports. We don't want you to play sissy soccer and fall over, all that nonsense. And yet at the same time, the most butthurt nation in the world when you score a few too many points on them, you know, in any sport. And I know this is going to get some American listeners riled up, but it's just not a it's not a concept that exists anywhere else. No, see, this is where I, I, I this is where I don't know enough to know, but I would argue that in rugby, if a team were up fifty points and they had a penalty advantage, they would just continue to play and not no. take the penalty and take the three. No, the argument would be the reverse. You would no, that's the definite you, argument. No, the argument would be you would kick the three points. That the the reverse, the like aggressive move is like kicking to the corner, going for the try. But you, 
it's difficult. Rugby isn't, it's hard to make the comparison in rugby. But rugby but, is I mean, the more gentleman sport. But I mean, you want to tell me, should we look through recent Rugby World Cup scores from the last few couple of like two weeks? And you want to tell me that teams aren't, are stopping to try and score points? I mean, you're talking about, you know, teams scoring 90 points in the Rugby World Cup. The but World, World Cup. Cup. World Cup matters because points matter. They only matter in very unique circumstances. Hey. <laughs> you know, like... All right, we can move on from this. <laughs> yeah. Mike Daniels but... has trapped us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I will say, still very impressive performance. I understand it's the Broncos. I understand they suck. But I am just... Right now, we can talk about this later. I think they would maybe be my AFC team to beat over the Chiefs. But it's just such a shame that every time you say that, there's the asterisk of if Tua stays healthy. Well, yeah, and I need to see them beat a good team. You know, we can get super excited about them. I even know... I know you listened to the Bill Simmons podcast for that comment about Justin Fields and the 99 yards. He made another comment about the top scoring offense in the league. Super exciting. They scored 130 points through three games. I mean, 70 of them in one game. Like they're not, they're not average, <laughs> you know, like we can get ahead of ourselves. You got a three game sample size and they scored 70 and one. That was going to mean they're going to have a pretty good points total over the course of three games. Even if they'd only had like 15 points in the other two games, that still puts them at a hundred. So you know, we can get a, a little ahead of ourselves because, look, as the season draws on, and this is not me ranting, but that win against the Chargers looks worse and worse by the week just because of what the Chargers are doing. So, Chargers, they're coming back, baby. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> if they can get out of their own way. The Patriots, it's a fine win, but we don't. neither of us think the Patriots are particularly special. I think they're pretty much probably, you know, bang in the middle kind of NFL quality team this season. A good defense, but then, you know, their defense is their strength and the Dolphins only score 24 points. So it's sort of the thing that the Patriots are good at is the thing they were able to do well against the Dolphins. The test will be this weekend. They play the Bills. Let's yeah, see them. I think that could be the best game of the year so far. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And, and if they score... I, here's the thing is the Bills have weird defensive performances anyway. So, and they've been involved in some incredibly high scoring games. So I'm not sure how much the Dolphins can really improve. Like obviously if they win by 50 to 10, that's going to be a real statement win. But if they win this 36 to 30, that just sounds like a Bills score from every big game they've played over the last four seasons. Yeah. Eddie, let me ask you something here real quick. What stat line for a quarterback would you rather want on your team? 40 for 47 for 405 yards, three TDs, no interceptions, one sack, 93.2 QBR, or 22 for 32, 137 yards, no touchdowns, one interception, two sacks, and a 40.12 QBR? Well, I know that option A is Justin Herbert, isn't it? (laughs) Because I don't know who near perfect game. Yeah, near perfect, except for the should have been game clinching losing interception that instead bounced off a quarterback's 
helmet into the hands of the receiver. So, you know, like the stat line doesn't always tell the whole story. And Oh, you're going to tell me that he didn't play a great game. I don't think he played a great game. Oh, my God. You are insane. I don't think he <laughs> Your played. Your hate for Justin Herbert. It's not a hate. It's, it's, I don't think he played a great game. I think he was good. I think if he had played a great game, they certainly get the f- – I mean, I'm not blaming him. Obviously, running backs can fail and play calling is not always the best. But he's had consistently in every game he plays in, he gets the ball to either, you know – he, they couldn't pick up the first down to clinch the game at the end. It's not a great look for him, and he had a huge it's amount not of on him. You can't blame him for a stupid on... call on your own twenty-two yard line. Pick up the yard. He did. He yard. threw it to Keenan Allen, and Keenan Allen just couldn't reach out and get the extra yard. Like, what do you want from him on third and eleven? He threw the pass for ten yards. Like, yeah, but then on fourth down. You didn't get it's, the not yard. His, it's not his. <laughs> I mean, it's not his. It's a hand off. <laughs> unbelievable. Your hatred for him is unbelievable. No, I'm just trying to balance it out because, look, you know, you're gonna you're gonna give him so much credit for. Oh, look, another fourth quarter comeback. You know, this is another one that's gonna go to that statistic. But the reality is, he gets saved. You know, it's a 30 yard touchdown that should have been a 30. That should have been an interception. And his stat line completely changes if we take that, if we take those 30 yards off and instead let's make it a, you know, 20 yard return. So let's knock 50 yards off of his, uh, let's throw another incompletion there and take one touchdown away and make it a loss. And all of a sudden, how good of a game is that? (laughs) You're just going to take single plays from his career. I'm not. I mean, it's like saying, who's the passing leader in the NFL so far this season? Tua. I think it's Kirk Cousins. I think it's... Well, what, what do we compare? I mean, Tua got pulled in the third quarter. Wow. Oh, 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 well. <laughs> Are you going to blame him for his coaches? I'm pretty sure Kirk Cousins is leading the lead in passing yards so far. He's got nearly 1,000 passing yards through three games. I think he's leading the league. And Justin Jefferson is the leading wide receiver in terms of receiving yards. So Cousins has 50 more yards than Tua. All right. But so from a stat line perspective, do I think Kirk Cousins has been good this season? No. Do I think Kirk Cousins has even been good in any of the games they've played? Not particularly. And do I think you can make a strong case that Kirk Cousins is the reason why they've lost almost all of the games they've lost? Yeah, I think you can make that argument. And yet statistically not that bad but his qbr was 39 that game which is the only statistic that kind of accounts for everything of whether you're actually being good or bad uh, i think you can the qbr gets fudged right like because you know you can just check down for seven yard completions and have a great qbr and you're right qbr is bullshit because brock purdy's number two <laughs> and i would say for example even Brock Purdy, again, I think he's had a good start to the season. He's ridden his luck too. He's had plenty of games where he should have had multiple interceptions and they get dropped, they get missed. And so the stat line just doesn't tell the whole story. You've got to watch the performance and say, did he get lucky there? Wait, are you saying the Brock Purdy, are you saying his interceptions were dropped or his own receivers are dropping? 
No, he has some, he's had a few dropped interceptions so okay. far this season. Okay. Then, then I thought you were going to pull the other way on the Brock Purdy of me. <laughs> no, but then under normal circumstances. But I think that happens been, to every quarterback. Maybe, but in a three-game sample size, I think of the quarterbacks I've watched, Brock Purdy is actually probably probably leading the league in dropped interceptions, I would guess. And I think Kirk Cousins is maybe leading the league in stupid decisions at critical moments. And then I think Justin Herbert leads the league in just, I think all of his yards are almost garbage yards from, from, you know, from the first kickoff until the end of the game. Like he managed to string together just these yards. I mean, just pulling receptions out of his ass at times, like with the touchdown pass. I'm just not convinced. I'm not convinced. Really good quarterbacks make their teams good. So there's a stat of um, unlucky interceptions. So how many interceptions were deemed solely due to the quarterback versus an interception not from the quarterback? Right. And Joe Burrow leads the league where only 12 of his 35 interceptions were his fault. Number two is Justin Herbert. <laughs> so, I mean, so, in fact, it's actually the other way. <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. Yes. So most of his interceptions are because his receivers mess it up and cause the interception is what that I mean, ultimately, says. we. this is the thing is, no one aside from the quarterback, receiver, offensive coordinator could tell you that. Because there's sometimes when you go, oh, did the receiver run the run, wrong route? Or did the quarterback throw to the wrong? You know, like there are moments when we attribute blame, either announcers or analysts, where they really break it down like, oh, the, the, definitely the receiver broke the wrong way there. And we don't, unless you know their playbook, you don't actually technically know. Like maybe he had an option in under certain circumstances to do something different. Like the the only times when I think you could be absolutely certain that it obviously isn't the quarterback's fault is say like the Chiefs interception for the pick six against the Lions when it goes goes through someone's hands. It's like a perfectly decent pass bounces into. That's what PFF you, does. No, but I bet you some of those. They're not just saying those are not the quarterback's fault. They're probably saying, oh, at one moment in time, like the receiver stops and he's overthrown the receiver and then it's just an easy pick and that's not his fault. So quarterback's fault or any overthrow or underthrow, non-quarterback fault or drop passes, receiver slips, and then defensive force interception is a pass deflection, QB hit is thrown, and then a miscellaneous is ball hit the official. I think the miscellaneous category doesn't get used <laughs> up too much. <laughs> And even there, getting hit while you throw and that not necessarily being your fault as a quarterback, um, I think that's a little bit generous to quarterbacks that you can kind of mess around in the pocket and not feel the pressure, get hit as, hit as you throw, gets leads to an interception and say, hey, quarterback, not your fault. You did everything right there. Anyway, I'm just not a Justin Herbert believer in the same way that you are, and that's okay. Are you the quarterback too, though, a Daniel Jones believer? Because you gave him some praise last week, and he looked as if he didn't even want to play in that game by the second quarter. Yeah, I mean, I think that was a tough situation for him to be in. Uh, that Niners defense is really what, good. What, being in the NFL? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good defense. 
<laughs> uh, it's a particularly good defense, right? And he doesn't have the offensive line or the weapons around him necessary to be able to really either buy himself time or quickly. Uh, he was doing his best to try and get a ball out of his hand as quickly as possible. It's just those were leading to just negative yards. You know, it, it's kind of, there was a certain moment in time of, all right, that you're avoiding sacks by like having him get the ball out of out super fast, but you're also not getting any yards or putting drives together. So in a sense, I'd be critical of the Giants when you know you're going to lose, maybe be a bit braver. Like who cares if you lose 30 to 12 versus 60 to 12, you know, just try and do something. And maybe as a result of a couple of good drives, you can take confidence into future games. Whereas basically there's no positive that their offense can take from that game against the (laughs) Niners. No, there's nothing. They can be like, well, we did that well. It's like, no, you did absolutely nothing well. So. So let me go through a few teams here and you tell me whether you think they're a serious contender or not still. All right. So I think the Niners are definitely obviously a serious contender. That's I think fair. Cleveland Browns. They're two and one. Defense looks phenomenal. We just ripped on Deshaun Watson last week and he was much improved. I think he listened, heard the podcast, picked it up. Are they a legit contender? Super Bowl contender, I'd say no. Maybe if they can have a pickup at running back, because I just think they need someone there. They're, you're right. Their defense just looks great. And I guess you could say the loss against the Steelers kind of aged well this week. Like you can, the Steelers looked pretty decent last night against, I don't think the Raiders are good, but still that makes the Steelers loss look not quite so bad. I definitely wouldn't want to play the Browns in the playoffs. I think that would be, I think they're going to make the playoffs still. And I would be, that would be the kind of team you dread playing. They kind of remind me of like the Giants when they would win their Super Bowls. Just like really strong bit. defense, always with the pressure, pressure, and then like can score. And they can score by just kind of wearing you down. And the other thing that would worry me too is just because you know they're going to get pressure. You know they're going to get sacks. You would just think to yourself, this is a high-risk game for us. Yeah. Like this is the game where we could win but lose our quarterback. So we could like get to the next round, but our Super Bowl hopes go out the window in the process. You know, like this could be, oh, the Chiefs play the Browns, but Patrick Mahomes gets, you know, injured and the Chiefs still win, but the Super Bowl chances go out the window. I mean, next next two games for them, Ravens, Niners. That's going to tell you a lot about them. The Niners in particular. The Ravens will be the interesting test to see how they deal with Lamar Jackson. But then he's such a unique, you know, like you're not, it's not a problem you're facing from other teams. And also, I mean, that was a bad loss for the Ravens. So I don't know how the Ravens lost that. I don't even get it. (laughs) It's hard for me to judge then kind of, you know, they look so good through the first two weeks. And then now it's like, oh, did we get ahead of ourselves with the Ravens being like legitimate contenders? And they're just the sort of okay team that they've been in recent seasons. The Niners will be a real test because as much as I think that that offense, that defense could cause big issues for Brock Purdy, for sure. Deshaun Watson is going to have to stand up to a fair amount of pressure himself. And if they can somehow, if they can pass that test, then I would say, okay, they can probably beat anyone. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins, I think they're a serious contender. Yep. 
yeah, I don't think we need to say too much there. Um, Buffalo dismantled the commanders who I think aren't a legit contender. <laughs> no, but Washington aren't awful. We've seen yeah. enough of them this season to know that they're not totally terrible. I mean, yeah, they're definitely a contender. Lions, two and one. Took care of the Falcons pretty easily. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. I put them almost in the same category as the Browns. I don't know if you necessarily want to play them in the playoffs, but they're not winning the Super Bowl. Packers, also two and one, beat the Saints. (laughs) No. Are they they a playoff contender? Uh, I mean, yeah, because their division is terrible. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I have to say, I guess I have to offer like maybe like a, a slight apology or correction, I suppose. They did the thing that the Giants tried to do a week ago against the Cardinals. They got within, they got the score to within eight yep. and then decided to go for two, which put them down six. And then they got the game winning touchdown where under normal circumstances, that game would have been tied. And they probably maybe lose that game if they only tie the game because it would have changed the pressure on uh, you know, like the situation that they were then facing defensively. So I guess in that sense, I still don't totally believe in that <laughs> statistical approach, but it did show itself to be correct in, in that instance. Yeah, it did. Are we out on Jacksonville, at least being uh, uh, able to make a run in the playoffs? Yeah. I don't Are think you out on it. Trevor Lawrence? <laughs> I'm not sure if I've totally ever been in on Trevor Lawrence, but I don't think you can lose a game in the way in which they did. Like every team might have a bad loss over the course of the season. So I don't want to overreact to a team losing to a non-playoff team and say like, well, there's definitely no way they're a contender then because probably every team is going to lose to a non-playoff team over the course of this regular season. I don't think the, like I'm not, I'm sure you're going to list the Cowboys in a second. I'm not going to read too much into their loss against Arizona, but that was a really, they were second best in that game. You know, I was watching it. I had it in some bets and I gave up on that bet really early. Whereas (laughs) the Cowboys game, I never gave up on that until the sort of final five minutes of the fourth quarter when it was clear that it wasn't going to happen. But actually like the difference was the Cowboys at halftime. I was like, Oh, they're going to be fine. This is, this is okay. Yeah, there goes my the, survivor. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the the uh, Jags at halftime, I thought, oh, they're not they're not the best team in this game. So if I no. threw out the fact that I don't think like coming into the game that I didn't think the Texans were good and I thought the Jags were pretty good, if I was just assessing it based on how those first two quarters went, there's no reason to believe that the team that's losing is coming back into this. I gotta say, C.J. Stroud looks. Pretty good. I mean, I know it's a tiny sample size of three games, but he's got no picks. He's got some decent touchdown passes, a lot of yards. Um, You know, only one win, but he looks to me better than Bryce Young. Yeah. I mean, he's also had, and he's had a nice set of games, right? I mean, they got blown out by the Texas, by the Ravens. Ravens. Okay, they lost to the Colts, but I don't think the Colts are particularly good. Yeah. And then the Jags are not great. So we'll see. And he's not going to, the thing, things that's nice for him, he's not really being seriously tested over the coming weeks either. Steelers, okay, their defense is pretty good. So that would be an interesting test. But then he's got 
Falcons, Saints, Panthers, Bucks. Bengals don't exactly have a great defense. They could be over 500. <laughs> Car- Cardinals, Texans, uh, uh, Jags, Broncos, Jets. I mean, yeah. I they could make the they could win that division when you look at that schedule. They have a really a really favorable schedule. Yeah. Um Vikings, are they out? Are they not making the playoffs? Are they done? I'm not going to say they're not making the playoffs, but I, I, they're not a Super Bowl contender. Okay. Are the Chargers, have they righted the ship? No. I feel even worse about them, even though they won. <laughs> I, I mean, legitimately. It's, it, it's, it's a tough run. Well, Raiders, Cowboys, Chiefs. You got to now hope to win two out of those three. So you got to steal a game either from the Cowboys or the Chiefs. Then you got the Bears, Jets, Lions, Packers. You could probably win three out of four there. So, yeah, it's it's not going to be super easy. They could be two and five, and I still think they might make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they probably win one of their next three games. I think they beat the Raiders. I think they'll lose the Cowboys and lose the Chiefs. But then I think they'll they'll sweep those games you just mentioned. I think they'll beat the Bears. They'll beat the Jets. They'll beat the... Uh, maybe they won't be the Lions. But then, I mean, they're really lucky too, right? They play the Chiefs final week of the season. So in all likelihood, probably the Chiefs <laughs> don't need anything. And maybe it's must win for them. That's always nice. I, th- I think they'll still make the playoffs just because of that fact. But I'm out on them. I would want to play the Chargers in the playoffs. I've just said Browns, Lions would not be teams I want to play. Sign me up to play the Chargers. I'd want to play the Packers. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm less confident that the Packers will make the playoffs. But uh, Seahawks now two and one, put up 37 against the Panthers. I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders, but I do think they're back to the team that we thought they were going to be preseason. Yeah. And I right think at the that pretty well. We're going to look back on that Week One performance, and it's going to look like one of the weirder. Get to the end of the season, it's going to be one. The Rams are not as bad as we thought they were going to be. They've kind of proven that even through the three games. Like even last last night, they were... Should have won. Yeah, they were better than the sort of... Even the scoreline almost reflected. But they... So the Rams aren't so bad. But yeah, that 30-13 to 13 loss in week one come the end of the season is going to look like one of the stranger results, I think. Yeah. Um, Chiefs already talked about Cowboys. Is this just a blip? I think so. I mean, when you look at the stat line, they had 416 yards. They had, you know, so they still were able to move the ball, but then they had a ton of penalties. They had like, what, 100 and something yards and penalties. And then that terrible interception, just bad. I don't know. I, I, I think if they play this game nine times out of 10, they win the next nine. <laughs> Yeah, and, and there there was a weird decision. I didn't like them going for it on fourth down when they could have just kicked the field goal and with like five minutes left. Yeah, there was, was a long time left, and they knew they just kind of they sort of stopped the Cardinals really being an offense. I know the Cardinals still scored more points, but they it felt like they had the game under control and just take the points. You had a it was a, it wasn't as if it was like fourth and one, um, so I didn't really like that. I guess the concern I would have from a Dallas standpoint is their red zone scoring Terrible. percentage is, is their red zone offense looks really bad. They're only 
They're only getting five that game. Yeah. And as a whole so far this season, they're only scoring a touchdown on 40% of their visits to the red zone. Yeah. And I don't think that's going to win you playoff (laughs) games. The way you said that their visits to the red zone is if like, they're like pulling up in an SUV in the drive through. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's, that's a big issue for them because I don't know if that bit they can fix very easily. And that would be my concern is that when the playoffs come around, you know, you, yeah. you need to be getting seven points. They had multiple visits there where you're like, okay, this is going to be the touchdown they need to really be back in the game. And then either they had to settle for a field goal or they had a turnover. And you, you can't afford to do that against a really good team. They couldn't afford to do it against a pretty bad team. So they yeah. definitely can't afford to do it against any of their contenders. I mean, what, what the- kind of makes me nervous is, I mean, they were my pick to make the Super Bowl this year. And when I watch them on offense, I don't know what the weapon – obviously, their run game is great. But when they have to throw the ball, I don't know what the weapon is past C.D. Lamb. I mean, you had Michael Gallup had six receptions for 90 yards. He actually led their receivers. But, like, am I trusting Michael Gallup to be the strong number two that helps carry a team to the Super Bowl? Like, that makes me nervous. When you look at other teams, what like who their number two receiver is, some of these teams we're talking about, you know, like, okay, that makes more sense. Like that's, you know, like let's take the Niners. You know, you have Samuel and Ayuk. That's too good. That's a good one-two punch when you add in McCaffrey and you have a good tight end. You know, yeah. here, like I don't, it's Pollard, C.D. Lamb or Bust. And that's, I didn't expect it to be that, like that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's. It's definitely a concern if you're trying to put them in the real. You were obviously higher on them preseason than I was, but if you're trying to put them in the real contender, I, I can't see them beating the Eagles, for example, at the moment. Just from a divisional standpoint, that looks tough. Never mind getting into the the playoffs. And Steelers, the the, the, the Diggs oh, injury is big. I think it's going to be big. To you know, I know everyone loves to talk about Sauce Gardner, but he's the best corner in the game and to lose yeah. that is, is an, is a big issue. Yeah. Steelers. I think they're garbage still. You always do though. <laughs> they could be 90 zero up in the pool in the Super Bowl, And you'd still be telling me how they're not a contender. I think they'll make the playoffs. I mean, I think that game against the Niners tells me everything I need to say. <laughs> I think they'll make the playoffs. I mean, I think already, right? We had the preseason discussion. Are you sure? They I might not that, win their division. Well, I don't think they'll win their division. I think that you can make a strong case that probably at least three teams from their division is going to make the playoffs. They do have a slightly easy schedule, too. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll we look through. That's a team I want to play in the playoffs, Eddie. I want fucking. I want to go against Kenny Pickett. Give me so Kenny Pickett look. on the other side any day of the week. Let's look. I expect them to beat the Texans this week. I'll probably lose to the Ravens. Probably beat the Rams. I'll be, let's be. Let's say Trevor Lawrence is a bit of a comeback. Let's say they lose to the Jags. I think they'll beat the Titans. I think they beat the Packers. Lose to the Browns. Lose to the Bengals. Beat the Cardinals. Lose to the Patriots, maybe. And then finish things off. And I think they beat the Colts. I mean, they're getting to 10 wins. By default. <laughs> I mean, kind of by default, but, you know, 
you're going to have to accept it's another, it's going to be they're another over. It's going to be another minimum, at least, oh, you know, they're going to be over 500 this season. Yeah. I love seeing him get smoked in the playoffs. Bring it on. Might, might enjoy that more. <laughs> Pretenders. Eagles. Yeah. I, you know, I watched most of that Eagles game yesterday on the plane. Thanks to Delta with their live television. I don't know what to make of them because I watch them at times and their offense just seems literally unstoppable, but yet they get stopped. <laughs> you know, like I don't understand it. Like how, how did they only put up 25 that game? I've wa- I watched 80% of that game and I didn't think they ever got stopped or shut down, but they only put up 25. Yeah. I kind of agree with you. They feel like they should be more unbeatable than they are. And that's why they're not my pick to make or win the Super Bowl, but they're definitely a contender, obviously. I mean, I guess maybe the two picks by Hertz kind of put them in some tough situations, yeah, tends, but like tends to, tends to hold your offense back. Yeah. It's just, yeah, they looked so much more dominant than that score put up. Um, and then Cincinnati, have they righted the ship? No, because again, that wasn't exactly a an emphatic win, and it's clear that Joe Burrow is not healthy. Like, if they hadn't, if they'd won the opening two games of the season, I don't think he plays last night. But that did feel like a must win game for them, so he had to, and they did just enough. But I don't think it's going to be tough for them over the next few weeks because I don't know. It's hard to get healthy, right? during the NFL season because he's going to keep getting hit, especially with that offensive line. So, I mean, I'm sure they'll, they will get better, but I'm not sure I would say that they are a legitimate contender at this point. Are the Rams a playoff contender? Now they're one no. and two, but tough loss to the Niners close game, tough loss to the Bengals close game. I don't know. <laughs> No. I th- they might be. I think that division is too hard. I mean, yeah, they got the win against the Seahawks. They're going to lose the other game against the Niners. I think they'll lose the other game against the Seahawks. And as it turns out, the Cardinals are not as much of a gimme as we maybe thought they were. So do I? am I going to absolutely guarantee that they beat the Cardinals on both occasions? No. <laughs> they have to, though, if they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Who's the number one team in the NFL right now? Well, we don't do power rankings, but if I had to do a power ranking. <laughs> it's not a power ranking. I'm just asking you who the best, it's the best ranking. I mean, I think you have to give it to the Dolphins for the time being, but this week will, if the Dolphins win this weekend, then they are absolutely the best team. If they lose, then they probably drop down to like fifth. This is, you know, this could be a big swing. Here's the th- I don't think the Bills can be the best team by beating the Dolphins this weekend. I do think the Dolphins can cement their places in the best team by beating the Bills. But it's hard to say. Like, I don't think the Niners have really put that put a foot wrong. You know, I think Christian McCaffrey is the legitimate MVP contender. Tua is going to run away with this if he stays healthy as, as, as things are going. But I do think, like, if Christian McCaffrey just keeps scoring a touchdown every game, and racking up a ton of all-purpose yards, it's going to be 
you're never going to win it as a non-quarterback but he's going to have as good of a chance as any other sort of position player yeah yeah still a little too early for that and the chiefs i don't think the chiefs i don't think the chiefs are going to ever going to be the best team in my mind but that doesn't mean they're not favorites to win the super bowl because you just know that they know what they're doing they'll come through the pressure moments in the playoffs but I don't think they're ever going to convince me that they're the best team in the NFL this season unless they somehow make a trade that changes the offensive weapons they have available. But assuming they're healthy in the in the playoffs, they're obviously the team to beat. So on that note, do we shift things over to the, the Premier League? Yeah. Yeah, a weekend where... Manchester City survived a slight scare, I guess, with Rodri being sent off and having to play with 10 men for a significant period of time and still looked pretty much unbeatable. Like, I don't know when the discussion has to start. I think if they beat Arsenal, the discussion has to start. The The potential for an undefeated season has to, <laughs> has to come up at a certain moment in time. I think they're that good. Yeah, I think they is, will. It, they're, just in, they're just a powerhouse. <laughs> Like, I do think they will lose. History tells us teams tend to, obviously, apart from the, the Arsenal Invincible side. But now that they don't have the, the sort of burden of needing to win the Champions League, I still think they're favorites to win the Champions League, but there's not the same level of pressure there. I almost think that if they got to the final five, six matches of the season and they hadn't lost, they might prioritize the undefeated season over winning the Champions League again because they would take that thing away from Arsenal like in the debate of greatest sides ever I mean Arsenal saying that the the Invincibles were the greatest Premier League team ever is just complete nonsense because they drew so many matches like they literally wouldn't they could have the same season they wouldn't win the they wouldn't win the Premier League at the moment they wouldn't come third they would come third you know most seasons so it's kind of a nonsense to say that they're they're the best ever because they managed to just sneak up a bunch of draws or fail to win matches. But I do think there's a serious chance that City could replicate that. And then elsewhere, the you know, in the North, I guess Chelsea, things continue to go from bad to worse. Oof. And then the, the North London Derby, it was a good match. I think it, it was an exciting match. I don't know if the quality. Like watching that, I don't think any of those, any of those two te- any of those, any of those two teams, are serious contenders to win the title. No, I do think Spurs are serious contenders for the top four. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I thought for a lot of the match, they did they look the better team? I don't know, but they looked like the team, as is so cliche, the team that wanted it more. Yeah, I don't that I don't agree like, with. I, I think. Th- they were also in the opening 25, 30 minutes were much better and they managed to survive that. I think in the final 20 minutes or so, I think they looked the more likely to win the match. That's what I would say. Okay. And on the balance of play, the draw was fair. Yeah, I think because so. Because they both, they both had those periods of a bit of dominance. With like a um, hectic 15 minutes right in the middle there. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the rice injury, obviously for Arsenal is a concern. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I thought 
I thought it was, I came out of that feeling slightly worse about Arsenal and slightly better about Spurs. Yeah, like that. I agree. Yeah, no, and from an entertainment standpoint, I kind of went in thinking it was going to be an entertaining match and it turned out to be pretty entertaining. It was a good uh, hangover match to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and also the thing that has to be said about this Spurs team is they benefit from the same thing that Arsenal had last season. In Spurs, in, in the case of Spurs, they have absolutely no European football, and you cannot underestimate what a benefit that is to a team with just fewer matches, no travel in those midweek fixtures, yep. the fact that they just get to focus exclusively on the Premier League. They don't have to rotate their squad as much. You know, that's a big advantage for them over... You know, not over City, because I don't think it really matters for City, but certainly when you're looking at these other teams in the mix, Arsenal, Liverpool, Newcastle, like that is a big, big advantage to have. And, and Liverpool then, yeah. had a nice win. Pretty yeah, I think they, they, yeah, I, they look like they have, they're reaching kind of a, they've got nice stability in their side at the moment. And I think they'll be, you know, firmly in the top four for the remainder of the season. I just, I don't think we can call anyone other than City title contenders because I just don't know when City are going to slip up and, you know, all these other teams are going to slip up at different moments in time. But Liverpool look, I think Liverpool are going to finish second. And I think they look as, you know, they're going to win the the race between all the other teams, but just City are a class above everyone. Do you think Brighton can hold right now? So, so for instance, all teams now have played six matches. You know, you said City won all six, but Liverpool and Brighton are the only two to win five. I mean, I don't think so. I'm very impressed by how they play. They haven't, you know, aside, they had the good wins against Newcastle and Manchester United, obviously. They probably played both of those teams at the right time, you might say. The interesting thing, they've got a run of fixtures coming up that is going to really test them, both in terms of how they handle European football. They lost their opening fixture, as you are well aware. But, you know, they they then have Marseille in the next match in the Europa League. Do they decide to just kind of completely punt European football and try and focus on trying to make the Champions League? That's probably the smart move because that group might be gone for them now, having lost that opening fixture and having to deal with Marseille and Ajax. It's hard to imagine them uh, kind of making it through to the knockout stages. So they still have to navigate that, but then they have Liverpool and City in their next three league matches, and even Villa, which is a bit of a tough test away to Villa because Villa are a decent side. So, you know, I'm... In the same way I said with you with Spurs, like if they are in contention after at, at a certain point, if you tell me that if Brighton get through the next three fixtures with a win, a draw, and a defeat, then I think they probably got a chance of keeping up there. But you know they could be four or five points back pretty quickly and and not looking quite so great. I just think I think we've seen enough bad performances from them already to not think they can do it over the course of 38 matches. Like to be in the Champions League, to be in the top four, you really have to be so consistently good. And I just think they've got, they, as impressive as they can be, they have bad performances in them. Well, right after you said United were on a straight nosedive, they righted the plane and got a, a quick three. Is that the last three points we see from them? <laughs> um, 
think it's the last, but obviously, you know, they they probably felt okay with their performance against Bayern Munich in terms of only losing three, four to three. Um, and then, yeah, they had the one nil win against Burnley at the weekend. They won today in the cup rather convincingly against Crystal Palace. It's an, it's a, it's a pretty decent run of fixtures for them. You know, I know I was kind of jokingly said that he, you know, Ten Hag was going to be sacked on Halloween. They do have a nice run of fixtures coming up. I just, I don't think they're good enough to, uh, you know, I had them finishing in the top four as a preseason prediction. And I think I might already have to say, I, I can't see that happening. I mean, two, three, their next six matches, they could oh, nice. realistically get 15 points from. Which they need though. Yeah. <laughs> this is the thing, right? Cause you know, you're talking, they already have a, uh, five point gap to fourth. So you, you need to go on a, just to close a five point gap over teams that are going to win most of their matches. You have to go on a pretty good run. And it's tough because, you know, the reason why the Premier League at the moment is so interesting. Okay. I think I'm going to automatically take away two of the places in the top four, because I just think that city absolutely will be in the top four. And I think Liverpool will absolutely be in the top four. Yeah, I so you're playing for, t- you're playing for two spots. And then that's between, Spurs, Arsenal, Newcastle, Manchester United, Brighton. I think we can say Chelsea probably not going to be involved in that, but you know they're only four points behind Manchester United. So if I can say that United are in in the mix, then Chelsea, I guess, kind of are. But uh, it's tough because you need multiple teams to slip up quite a bit already, and that's not <laughs> a great great spot to be in. And then, yeah, Newcastle. I feel sorry for Sheffield United. I just don't think they're Premier League quality. And, you know, I think they are at risk of potentially being the worst team in the history of the Premier League. I think them and Luton are going to kind of compete for that honor. I really do think they're both in the discussion. And, you know, losing in the manner in which they did at home is just, it's pretty poor. Yeah. And just the way they unraveled in the second half. Because, you know, actually in the first half, they weren't terrible. And then as soon as they went 1-0 down, their heads just dropped and, and things went from bad to worse really quickly. But, you know, for Newcastle, to have eight different scores in the match is a pretty impressive achievement. I should have realized, because I had a nice full weekend big parlay. I had two of them kind of to span the weekend from Friday to Sunday. And going into the Sunday NFL, that was the last non-NFL thing to hit. And I was always slightly concerned, even though, you know, we've said numerous times, Newcastle beat the teams they need to beat. But, you know, there's always that slight worry that, you know, taking a risk at Newcastle away is what fucks me. And then as soon as they won that match that convincingly, I should have known that there was some terrible shit coming down the pipeline. Not, every, not everything <laughs> was going to be that easy. Yeah. Yeah. But now, I mean, it's, uh, as I said, it's primed for a, a really interesting, just an interesting period of football, right? With the Champions League being back, uh, just to see how these teams, you know, you look at City, uh, at Newcastle, it'd be interesting to see what they do tomorrow in terms of squad rotation against City in the in the Carabao Cup. And then next next week they have PSG. 
So, you know, things do not get easier for them and how they handle their squad rotation with those matches against PSG Dortmund and AC Milan, like it's going to be tough for them, even when they do have a sort of somewhat easier set of Premier League fixtures. But, you know, you look, they have a situation where they play, uh, you know, they're playing Arsenal and then they play Dortmund three days later and how they prioritize uh, their team across those two matches is going to be a little bit of a challenge. But yeah, I guess that other European football, I mean, Harry Kane scored a hat-trick for Bayern Munich. I think it was interesting because I was thinking to myself with Spurs looking better, do you think any part of him regrets leaving? Because A, they're playing fun, exciting football. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, maybe they're going to finish in the Champions League. And obviously if they had Harry Kane, they would be even better. But at the same time, he's just gone to Bayern Munich, just ripping apart the league, scoring goals for fun, you know, beating Manchester United in the Champions League. He's on a team that are serious Champions League contenders. And yeah, probably part of him thinks uh, it might be fun to be part of this, you know, the Ange revolution at Spurs. But the, it's got to be nice just being on a really genuinely good team. Yeah, I don't think he's too worried about it. I think he's making a ton of money. He's on a team that, you know, could win the biggest trophy. And yeah, Spurs are doing well, but they're still in no contention to win any trophies. <laughs> Probably not, no. And the, th- the thing that's going to be, I'm really interested to monitor. We obviously spoke about Southgate in England not too long ago. At Bayern Munich, when you watch Bayern Munich, he is not dropping into midfield. I mean, he's obviously there are moments in time when when the team, the defensive team has a high line where he's, you know, he's had some assists kind of from around sort of midfield area. But as a as a whole, he is very much leading the attacking line for Bayern Munich, playing in a much more sort of traditional number nine uh, with them. And he didn't do that at Spurs. He doesn't do that for England. And sometimes gets criticized, obviously, in England for dropping too deep and trying to become too involved in play. It will be interesting to see if any of that rubs off. Obviously, a lot of it is the instruction that he's receiving from a manager. Strict instructions from Tuchel to not be doing that. Probably being encouraged by Southgate to do that. But maybe Southgate might pay attention to that and think, okay, we can have a situation where we can get, we can kind of replicate what Bayern Munich do. England have all of the necessary players to play in exactly the same way. So that bit would be how this could, he's obviously not young, but how this could impact his development as an international player. The shitty part is I'll actually be in Germany for their next Champions League match, but they play away. Although they play close, it's in Copenhagen, so it's actually not that far from Hamburg. It's probably actually closer than than, uh, than Munich would have been. It's definitely closer than Munich for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you really, if you're that dedicated to travel, and but now it will be. I just think they just they you know, Bayern and City at the moment just look kind of a that bit much bit better than everyone else in Europe. Real Madrid kind of blow a little hot and cold at times. They lost to Atletico Madrid in the Madrid derby at the weekend. Barcelona somehow pulled a win out, being 2-0 down late in the game and 1-3-2. But still, they don't look totally convincing most of the time. And then PSG also had a big win. But the same. You just don't. 
it's just difficult to see PSG really competing, uh, you know, at the highest level. So it looks as if in an ideal world, this is a Manchester City Bayern Munich Champions League final. And then we, you know, I think obviously things could change between now and the end of the season, but they look like the two best teams in Europe. Did get some, I know we like to talk about our Twitter or X controversies. I did get a few Newcastle United supporters upset over the weekend with my thoughts on uh, on Gordon. Uh, got a little bit of probably the most engagement we've ever had. Just I felt like I had the whole Newcastle fan base coming after us. So yeah, Why? As a, as a, what did you say? I just said I, I just said I didn't think he was Newcastle's best player, and that got them very upset. <laughs> And yeah, so we, uh, again, if people want to follow us on, on X, formerly Twitter or Instagram, search for the Big Chill Podcast. Anything non-sports related? Well, as I say, maybe like... we'll have some new listeners <laughs> after, oh, <yes>. my, <laughs> after my wedding ceremony, <laughs> where I made sure to let everyone know about the Big Chill Podcast. We'll see. I'll see. We'll see if you get that Pennsylvania bump. Yeah. Um... The best part of the wedding. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So we have a family group chat for this family that part of the extended family of, of who got married. And one of my younger cousins, not like super young, but just younger than I am. She, during like COVID, she all, thought it was really funny with the, um, you know, the picture that went around about the big naked black man with fully naked that was circulating she would like put that in pictures and like send that in the group chat so as a joke she took a picture of like the like whenever you go into the wedding it was like the like the place where you could take a picture i don't know what the hell you actually make what that's called not the photo yeah. booth but like where the they background. want you to pose yeah they want you to yeah. pose i don't know whatever that would be called so she took that picture and then put the guy in front of it and then sent it to the group chat. I'm like, oh, look who showed up at the wedding. So I guess for my aunt's phone, anytime pictures are sent through the group chat, they automatically download. So then my aunt, her mother, put up on Facebook an <laughs> album of all the pictures of the wedding. And she put that picture up on Facebook. <laughs> the group chat loved it. <laughs> Did she leave it up? No. No. Uh, but it was up there for a little bit. I thought that was really funny. That was a pretty good, pretty good mess up. Yeah. Well, I didn't have anything eventful this weekend. Although I guess we didn't mention the we kind of mentioned the rugby world cup in passing. I guess it's worth saying Ireland had a, um, um, I'll say big win, not in terms of scoreline, but in terms of statement over South Africa, and the real shock, Australia being knocked out in the group stages for the first time in their history. Uh, so decimated by uh, yeah Wales won Wales right. <laughs> Eddie Jones, the England, the Australia coach, had absolutely guaranteed he pulled the. Uh, who was at Alonzo Mourning when he guaranteed in the playoff series against the Bulls in oh, the nineties? Or Mark he, Messier with the Rangers? Yeah, guaranteed they would win on Sunday. Well, Eddie Jones guaranteed that they would win on Sunday, and 
they didn't come anywhere close. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. France almost put up a hundred. Yeah, ninety six. I think it was something like that. Their their big issue is Dupont, who's probably the best player in the world, has a fractured orbital. Uh, so, it's going to. There's a big discussion as to when he could be back. Speculation is that he might be able to play in the semifinals. So they're hopeful for that because I think without him, they probably aren't quite good enough to win the World Cup just because he's that integral to what they do. But, uh, you know, the knockout stage... thing with the Rugby World Cup is it's so long. And, you know, it feels like it's been going on for a while and you've still got a month left. And, you know, the knockout stages haven't even started yet. There's still one set of group games to go. Yeah. But... Once the knockout stages start, it should be pretty pretty exciting. But I think England are through, right? Yes, barring a very peculiar set of circumstances. I think Wales are Wales were the first team to sort of absolutely totally qualify. I think that some of the other teams, sort of mathematically, you could be squeezed out, but realistically, yeah, pretty much the. The teams, even if it isn't officially confirmed, pretty much the, the, the teams qualifying is is pretty is set. So, like I think Australia technically are not knocked out, but they just need a very bizarre combination of results to kind of swing the points difference uh, in the final game, and it's unlikely to happen. But yeah, and England, I mean England could make the very easily make the semifinals without being particularly good, which. You know, once you make the semis, you never know. Crazier things have happened. You just got to win two matches. Anything else? I guess no TV recommendations given all your traveling. Yeah, I watched uh, on the way. So I watched Guy Ritchie's The Covenant on the way there. And then on the way back, I watched Magic Mike 3. Just didn't have it like the first two. Wasn't very, wasn't very funny. Is that really a movie you want to be watching on the plane? No, but. I was on an aisle seat and the person in the middle seat was like just man spreading everywhere. He had both his arms over both of the armrests and had both his legs out over like it was fucking unbelievable. By over, you mean as in further extending over the actual armrest? Like if this were the armrest, his arm was like that, like. Yeah, like his elbow was into my side. The, the visual representation for our audio <laughs> podcast is a, is a great move. Like his his elbow was over the armrest into my side. Like I had to significantly move over because his shoulders were like in half of my fucking seat at most. Was of the he point. big? No, not yeah. at all. He was he. I mean, he was average height. I don't know, five eight, five nine. <laughs> <laughs> No, he was like he was basically, I would say, my size, but not as muscular. Oh, so he's small. Yeah, <laughs> tiny. <laughs> it was un, it was unreal to how much of an asshole. Like it was just the person who was like, "I'm an asshole, and I don't give a shit, and I'm just gonna like spread my body out and make everyone else around me uncomfortable." Did, so, did both of you get booster seats, or? But, yeah. <laughs> So I made him uncomfortable because then I then was like, fuck it. I'm putting on magic mic, which then people are going to be like, what's this fucking like what? And he definitely like looked over several times. It was kind of like, what the hell is he watching? And then I also made sure that like 
I took up my like seat as well. And my like our shoulders and arms were just like overlapped okay. on one another. Nice. Cause I mean, here's the thing is I do think the person in the middle gets both armrests. You can put your arm on the armrest on the, over. No, no, no. I agree with you. you <laughs> but, but I do think the person in the middle gets both armrests. Yeah, that's fine. But his but yeah, shoulder shouldn't be in my seat. <laughs> no, no. Because it also means he's giving the other person. Because also, if he's got both armrests and his shoulder is in your seat, then that means he's kind of unnecessarily taking up the other armrest. Oh, unless you're huge, for sure. Because that's like I'm getting both armrests and I'm leaving. Yeah. yeah, and then and then as we got up, like he was one of those people who had to get up fifteen rows before our row was due to get up in the middle, and literally got up. And like went over me to open the thing and then literally stood one leg in between my legs and the other leg in the aisle standing there. And then so I was like, fuck this guy. So then I stood up and basically just triumphed him as I stood up. And he did not like that. but it's like why just don't be a dick dude like don't be annoying i know when to get up that you won't like waste seven seconds like you're not going to be 12 seconds later than you could be just relax people are people are so annoying about that i had that i have that every time like the eurostar they announce that you're arriving in paris quite early yeah. But obviously people hear the announcement, you're arriving in Paris, and immediately start getting up to get their bags. And I'll have someone sitting inside me, and they kind of start to give you that dirty look. And then I'll sometimes say, like, we still have another four or five minutes left here. So you can just sit down. Yeah. And still then people will be like, no, 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 like, I want to be in front of the door. And even that, I was going to say, that's even a little different because that one you can technically get up out of your seat and stand in front of the door at least. Like you can make yourself first can. in line. Yes. Like here, you are not like if you're in row fifteen, you're not suddenly going to be in row one. That's not happening. No, probably <laughs> not. No. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just don't. In um, except in very extreme circumstances where you have fifteen minutes to make a connecting flight or something, I just never understand it. And even then, and that, and then and I would these be people saying, ruin it for everyone else. Because then I don't even give a shit when people are like, oh, I've got, I've got a flight to catch. Oh, uh, oh, I got a flight. And then you're like, oh, when's your flight? Oh, it's in like two and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no. Yeah. I do like well. when attendants, though, realize and they'll at least like tell everyone to not get up. And people will still get up and be dickheads. But there are times like when I've been on flights where they're like, there are 15 people here who have. 20 minutes to make the connection. Like everyone sit in your seat, let these people get the hell out and then you can go. And there's still be people be like, no, I have just as much right as them. I need to sit in that airport. Like just dude, be a human being. <laughs> yeah. Now the selfishness and of people at times is, is mind boggling. And as, as we always say, traveling is just the big eye opener into the worst traits of humanity. Yeah. Which I'm not looking forward to with a lot of flights coming up. <laughs> Well, aside from that, anything else? Um, no, I think that's about it. Well, I guess I'll talk to you later. See ya.
Cheerio.